Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the fourth edition of Isaiah 5812 Ministries. Isaiah 5812 reads, Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up the age-old foundations, and you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell. And it's more important today that we understand the breach. It's more, it's, this scripture <clears throat> has been so applicable over, over time, but even more applicable today. All you have to do is just turn the news on and you can see the riots in the street and, and people crashing into a store and just taking whatever they want. And as you've seen recently, a, a man working in a, in a bodega, he is attacked and beaten up and stabbed. And now he's on trial for killing the attacker. He, it's clearly and plainly right before your nose when you look at that, at that video that the man was trying to protect himself. It was self-defense. But somehow our prosecutors want to go the other way. They go against common sense. They go against truth. And then we read all the time about how they're teaching our children in school, in kindergarten, that if you don't want to be a boy, you can be a girl. And if you don't want to be a girl, you can be a boy. And then we grow up and we have... Um, transsexuals, and I got news for Bruce Jenner. He's a man. Never will I call her or him a her. I will call him a him because that is the way God made him. And now I understand there's, that there is a transvestite who changed sex as a teenager is coming out now and telling the parents don't let your children do it. I got news for everybody out there. God did not make any mistakes. No way, no shape, no how. God made each one of us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made in his image. So what's going on out there today? What's the source of all this? Why, why is this happening? We claim to be a godly nation, but I tell you, it doesn't look like it. Well, I've been promising to tell you about someone in the Bible by the name of Leviathan. And we're going to start this now, and I'm going to shorten my podcast up a little bit. I'm going to make them about 15, 20 minutes, something like that. So I don't know how many parts this will take to finish this, but I want to talk to you about Leviathan, and most of you probably have never heard of him. Or if you heard the word Leviathan, you've heard it in a different context other than what is in the Bible. So I'm going to be sharing some information, and I tell you what, if, if you want to go and research it, I would love that, because then you can learn it for yourself. And you can see it for yourself. So who is Leviathan? And why does he concern me? 
Leviathan is the prince of pride and envy. Leviathan also has the honor of being the only principality that has a whole chapter devoted to him in the Bible. Leviathan twists and confuses the word of God, convincing us of false doctrines and luring us into complacency. How many are familiar with the demonic and the spiritual warfare, the spiritual world? Now, this is a subject that not many churches teach or talk about because it's kind of scary, and it seems to be in opposition of that gospel of that loving, caring Father in heaven that promises us a rose garden filled with lollipops and candy canes. Now, look, please don't understand or misunderstand what I'm saying. All the promises of God are true and the benefits of being a citizen in the kingdom of God are true, and our Heavenly Father has plans to prosper His children. God is a God of love. I know that God loves me because He gave His only begotten Son to die for me, and no greater love is there than that. So don't understand what I'm saying here. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, this passage isn't necessarily about financial gain. It's not talking about money or it's, it's not necessarily talking about a nice big car and a big beautiful home with rich furniture and everything like that. There's no better thing to prosper in than in the relationship that we have with God our Father. This is a God who comes after you. This isn't a God that you have to chase after him. Number one, because none of us, none of us, as it says in Romans, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one that seeks after the things of God. So if we're not seeking after the things of God, God has to seek after us. So this is not about financial gain. It's about a richness in the blessings of knowing God, to knowing Jesus Christ, and to, by knowing the, experiencing the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've been taught that God is good, and there is grace and mercy and forgiveness. So our sins are covered and forgiven. All of that is true. We trust and rely on the goodness of God, as well we should, but we need to realize that if God is good, he is also just and by nature must punish murderers, rapists, thieves, liars, fornicators, and blasphemers. God is going to punish sin wherever it is found. 
That's why Leviathan should concern us. That we are not deceived and lured into ignoring the word of God and believe as Eve did that it's only an apple and fruit is good for you. God said no. Now, there are many dimensions to living in the kingdom, and we must be prepared and be aware of all of them. And the spirit realm is one. Ephesians 6.12 For our struggle was not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness and in the heavenly places. Now, I got to emphasize here that Paul is saying our struggle is not of flesh and blood. In other words, it's not here. It's not in this world. It's not in this lifetime. It's not in this day. So our struggle is not against that, but it's against the wickedness and the rulers in the heavenly places. You've heard of the shot heard around the world. Well, here are words that ring throughout the centuries, including today. Here, the twisting begins by Satan in Genesis 3, 4 through 5. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Here begins the ego trip, the pride, and the envy. It's transferred to God's creation. Here begins the twisting of the word of God for humankind. Satan made it sound like a physical death, but God meant a spiritual death. Eve said to Satan that God said not to touch the tree. Well, let's look at God's instructions given to Adam in chapter 2 of Genesis uh, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. Now here we see the first distortion in the twisting of the word of God. God never said not to touch it. But we don't know how Adam repeated the instructions to Eve. But today we can hear the voice of Satan saying, go ahead. Surely you won't die. You have grace and mercy. Go ahead. Live individually as married couple without being married. Have sex with everybody that you feel close to. Surely you're not going to die because you got grace and mercy. How we get twisted around and, and we get to rationalize things. I know a young couple, I shared one time that they were living together, and I said, this isn't God's best for you. Well, it's cheaper because we can live cheaper if we live together. God said no. Now, in this 
back and forth with Satan, we can see the first distortion and the twisting of the Word of God. God never said not to touch it, but we don't know how Adam repeated the instructions to Eve, but today we can hear the voice of saying, go ahead, surely you won't die. You have grace and mercy. You've heard, I'm sure, of this statement, I'll do it now and ask for forgiveness later. I got news for you, my friends. God does not operate in cheap grace. This is what Leviathan does. He twists and confuses the word of God. What does all this have to do with Leviathan? Well, if we only look at just one of the dimensions of the kingdom, of kingdom living, we will be blindsided. And, and the word says that God's people perish for the lack of knowledge. So we must educate ourselves of more than just the grace and the mercy of God and all the wonderful promises which we received as citizens of the kingdom. We live in a hostile world, and we must be aware of the enemy who is tasked to see to it that we perish. We must know our enemy. What spirit are we being influenced by? A.W. Tozer, who lived from 1897 to 1963, he's the author of The Pursuit of God, which says, we may as well face it. The whole level of spirituality among us is low. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until the incentive to seek higher plateau in things the things of the Spirit is all but gone. We have imitated the world, sought popular favor, manufactured delights to substitute for the joy of the Lord, and produced cheap and synthetic power to substitute for the power of the Holy Ghost. Unquote. In his book, Forgotten God, Francis Chan makes this statement, and I quote, I am convinced there is a desperate need in the church for the Holy Spirit of God to be given room to have his way. I think we can agree that there is a problem in our churches, that something is wrong. He goes on to say, that most people do not conduct what is missing or wrong with a particular need for the Holy Spirit, unquote. The church has been deceived and lulled to sleep and a veil pulled over it. So what's going on? Leviathan is working today in the body of Christ. Acts chapter 20, verse 29 through 30. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. If you're a quarreler, contentious, always arguing with people, your problem is pride, the work of Leviathan. 
How do I know if I'm moving in pride or by the Spirit of God? It's simple. Do a fourth step. Take a searching, fearless, moral inventory. In other words, get honest before the Lord your God. Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. We're going to stop there for today. There's a lot for you to think about. There's a lot for you to take in and to contemplate. But folks, we need God in our lives. We need God in our churches. We need to make room for the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us and to teach us. We need to not look any longer like the world. God has called us apart. He's called us to walk different, talk different, dress different, look different, to be different. And it's such a way that the world will come and say, hey, you look happy. And I need to get what you got. That is evangelism. And we need to put God back at the center of our life, back in our churches, and above all, we need to get God back into this country. And we need to follow God, unite it as believers in Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, for the blessings you've given us. And Lord, I pray that you would send this word out and that it would minister to somebody out there that needs to hear this. And Lord, I pray that you would, through power of the Holy Spirit, minister truth to each heart that is listening. In Jesus' name, we pray this. God bless everybody. See you next time.